Idleman Unplugged is part of the Edify Podcast Network. I want to see your face Pass me by the crowds of people The priests who sing your praise Hello, my name is Shane Idleman, and I'm the pastor of Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California. It is my personal heart and goal for you to see truth through a biblical perspective. I hope that you enjoy this segment of Idleman Unplugged. Chapter 3 of Feasting and Fasting, What Works, What Doesn't, and Why. And this chapter is titled Feasting, What to Eat and Why. What should I eat now that I'm fasting? And of course, you know about the book here you can get. You can download as a free ebook on our church website to follow along. Feasting and Fasting, What Works, What Doesn't, and Why. So let's talk about this very important topic. And there are so many different views out there. I mean, if you follow a couple friends of mine, I've mentioned before, Gary Brecka or Ben Greenfield, depending on when you're listening to this, I'm sure they'll be around for a little while. What is their best diet? What do they recommend? And then you've got uh, people like Dr. Huberman and you got Walter Longo, a head of longevity at USC here, about an hour from me. And then of course you go into the fasting videos, you know, Alan Goldhammer, a recommended total plant-based, no meat, no dairy. Of course, Esselstyn, I believe, they did that documentary on plant-based. Just the battle on what diet is best. And now, pretty sure it'll be somewhat popular when you're listening. But I know just maybe a couple years ago, carnivore got really popular, where all you do is eat meat. And I like that for about a half a day. And that gets challenging. And then you know, there's, there's issues with all types of eating programs. So I'm going to get into my thought based on years of being in the fitness industry, even as a pastor, watching what works, what doesn't, and why. When I recommend what to eat, you have to remember this is just to a broad audience. So you might need a keto diet for a while where you eliminate complex carbs and, and just you just keto works really well for you. Some people, I know Jordan Peterson and his daughter, I think even maybe his wife, you know, did carnivore and it really helped out their their overall, their mood, their skin, uh, just issues they were dealing with. And a lot of the times the reason is because they're pulling away from all the processed food, even the complex carbohydrates, the cookies, the crackers, the chips, the cereal, even white rice or processed rice or pasta. They're pulling away from all of those things and those things created their health issues. So it makes sense that you you pull away from those and begin, to, even if it's just meat, uh, I believe, you know, God allowed meat and I'm going to get into that here in just a little bit. I think ideally the best plan from the get-go, looking at creation, history, the history of creation in the Bible is we were created to eat living, life-giving, plant-based food. And then, you know, some 1,500 years later after the flood, God said, now I give you the beasts of the field, gave some criteria for that. And also in addition to the herbs and the, and the plants. And so the plants give, you know, life. And when you eat the animal, it's, it's really, what did the animal eat? A lot of times, you know, oxen, cows, you know, they're, they're eating grass and then includes and contains a lot of the, those things that they ate. Now today they're injected with growth hormones for the beef. Remember back when 25 years ago, I don't know if they use it for beef and, but maybe for horses, equipoise, Winstrel V, they have these steroids, they have these growth hormones, and they have antibiotics. And so what the animal is consuming, processed food, genetically modified food, and what they do is they, it's a whole nother topic, but the grain is manipulated. Now they're eating that, and now we're eating them. So it's a whole different world now from when God first allowed it to what we're doing now. I do like Joel Furman's approach, Dr. Joel Furman, where it's mainly all plant-based. I think he allows for a little bit of meat and dairy, you know, clean meat and dairy. The Bible talks about goat goat's milk and, and raw, you know, their dairy was raw because pasteurization kills 
all the basically a lot of the good enzymes and the good things that we want. It kills them, so it's mainly drinking sugar water when it's pasteurized, but you know, that's a whole nother topic. So anyway, let me get into this manuscript on chapter three, part three, feasting, what to eat and why the problem hasn't changed. The problem has not changed. We are at the crossroads. Opiate and alcohol abuse are leaving a path of destruction in their wake. Obesity is escalating, plaguing the young as well as the old, reaching epidemic levels in children. Diabetes is affecting millions, and cancer and heart disease are the number one killers in America. Are there answers? Yes, 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 there are answers if we look to God's word for them. I don't believe there's any other place where we're going to really get direction and clarity on this issue without going to God's word. So although I believe that I was healthy and fit by the time I'd reached my 22nd birthday, my six foot two frame had skyrocketed to over 270 pounds. I was diagnosed with borderline hypoglycemia. My blood pressure and cholesterol levels were high and my health was rapidly deteriorating. I was told that I might need to take medication for the rest of my life. I was shocked. I was really shocked at this. I knew that if I didn't change my lifestyle, my lifestyle would change me. Did I instantly make some huge changes? Some, but no, it took me, took me some time before that final wake-up call. In the late 1990s, long before I became a pastor, I was a corporate executive for 24-Hour Fitness Center. At that time, it was the fastest-growing fitness center in the world, surpassing LA Fitness and Bally's. I managed fitness centers while assisting and interviewing thousands of weight loss clients. I know I enrolled over 10,000 people, and we would help anywhere from a half dozen to a dozen people a day, every single day, hitting their health and fitness goals. A lot of times, obviously, many people didn't, and hopefully I can talk a little bit about that. I would say the number one reason why is we have unrealistic expectations. Take some time to put the weight on, and take some time to get in bad shape health-wise. It's gonna take some time to get back into good shape. So the power of the made-up mind, understanding realistic expectations, it's gonna take some time time, persevering regardless, not looking for immediate results. Just about everybody, I don't know anybody, well, I mean, there's a few exceptions probably, but everybody who would really get in shape, change their diet and their lifestyle, look better, get off medication, to them, it was never about a diet. Like, okay, I'm going to go on this 30-day diet, 60-day diet, I'm going to do this. It was a lifestyle. It had to become a lifestyle. As a result of working in the fitness industry, I identified a pattern, a consistent pattern that surfaced time and time again. So in 2001, I wrote a book about these patterns entitled, What Works When Diets Don't. Rodney Korn, then Director of Education Research and Development for the National Academy of Sports Medicine, was gracious enough to endorse it. And he said that Shane Eidelman has captured the true essence of weight loss. His concise application for getting to the root of the weight loss problem sheds a much needed new light on taking control over both the physical and the spiritual aspects of weight loss. So, yeah, that book is actually available, What Works When Diets Don't. I had to revise it because, you know, some things have changed from 24 years ago now, especially, you know, on calorie counting. And we know that a lot of times hormone plays a role in that. But I still think if you take in more energy than your body's burning, it's going to be hard to lose weight. That's just 
basic science as well. So that book is available as, of course, on Amazon, Kindle, all the different places. But westsidechristianfellowship.org, westsidechristianfellowship.org, I believe we still have that free PDF file that you can download of that book, What Works When Diets Don't, if you need some good motivation, some good guidance to get started. So although the root problem hasn't changed, much has changed in our understanding of nutrition in the last few decades. If I could rewrite that book, and actually I did to some degree, I would make a few corrections. For one, I wouldn't focus as much on counting calories. Although it's important for people to be aware of calorie-dense foods, it can become burdensome and a form of dieting. Second, I didn't include fasting, but I should have. Back then, fasting was not a good idea. I don't know if anybody who fasted, it was just you're eating every three hours, keeping the metabolic rate up. We were worried, of course, that when you fast, you're going to lose a lot of that lean muscle that you put on through a process. We didn't, I didn't know the name of it. Now I do. It's called gluconeogenesis. So your body breaks down fat and converts it to glycogen, glucose, and the same thing can happen with muscle. But fortunately, with fasting, you burn a little bit of muscle, but not as much as you think, especially if you're not working out, you're not very active, you're just kind of resting, your body goes into protein sparing mode, and it spares the muscle. Hmm, wonder if a creator must have designed us. Sounds like it. And then third, I wouldn't promote as much carbohydrate intake as I did then. Our society becomes increasingly more sedentary, meaning they don't move, and we need to be strategic. So the hard thing about carbohydrates actually are not bad. They are the chief source of energy for our body. Bottom line, no way around that. Complex carbs, you know, sweet potatoes, beans are really good God-given food. But let's just look at in the 1950s or 60s. You know, they were moving a lot more. It was not uncommon to walk to your neighbor's house or walk to work or walk to school. I rode my bike to school in the late 70s. So, you know, we moved more. And so when you move more, you're burning more and you're utilizing your carbohydrate stores, you can eat carbohydrates. So we have to be strategic now. If we're not moving as much, I would encourage you to move more. I want just simple example that's been pretty cool while I'm recording this even. When I pick my son up for baseball practice, I go an hour early. I watch a little bit, but also walk the perimeter and burns, you know, who knows, 300, 400 calories. And then also takes, you know, a good hour walk a couple miles, you know, just things like that, or at the mall, park way away and then walk to the mall and then also around the mall. So getting a good mile and a half going to the mall or you go shopping, park way out, try to, you know, just, you gotta, we gotta be very strategic these days to move more. Uh, don't look at the TV, hopefully try not to after, you know, six or seven, unless there's some good YouTube videos or a movie we wanna watch as a family. But try to get out in the garage, work more, move more around the house. It, you, we have to be strategic. So herein lies the main problem we face today. There is not a consensus on what exactly we should be eating to maintain health. Now, I just mentioned that at the beginning. I would say, I'm sure I'm going to talk about it here in a, a little bit, but the closer you can get to God-given food, the better off you will be. So if you have to have meat and dairy and you like that, have a, have a little bit of organic chicken, knowing know where it came from. It's clean, some organic eggs that chickens aren't fed, all these, these GMO pellets with, with junk in them. Uh, they're not you know blown up. See, see, they want fatter cows and they want fatter chickens and they want fatter pigs, of course. That's not too hard. So they inject them with uh, growth hormone. And that's why also you get something that is grass-fed, but is it grass finished? I mean, this is getting so complicated. It gets really irritating. Like if you're going to feed the cows grass, let it go all the way to the end. But there's a loophole, grass fed. And if they're not grass finished, that means they can bring in refined feeds and feed the animals that say the last six months 
that they're alive to really bulk them up. So it's, it, to me, that's, that's just misleading. Let's stick with grass-fed all the way through. That's how it used to be. They would roam out into the wild and eat all this grass. It's growing in this healthy ground that gives the soil was very nutrient-dense, and then they would consume that buffalo out on the range, very healthy. It's just getting more difficult. Not every one of us can have a little farm in our backyard. Wish I could, but not going to happen anytime soon. Some experts promote only plant-based diets, while others say that clean meat and raw dairy must be staples. And I would even go as far as to say most of you listening don't even do that. So that's where you got to rein it in. You got to get off the processed foods. If it's in a box, a bag, and it's highly processed, you know, some things I use in a box, maybe some protein powder in a you know container and very simple ingredients. Even on nuts, you know, I went to go buy some nuts. I'm like, why is there canola oil all over my nuts? They're dry roasted, salt. Why are they? Because the canola oil makes the salt stick to the actual nut. So just roasted nuts or raw nuts. Avoid those seed oils for sure, the canola oil, the safflow oil. Many authorities encourage high fruit consumption, whereas others embrace high-fat diets. Who's right? I mean, there's a, there's this one guy, I can't remember his name. I think it's Lauren Lockman in Costa Rica at his fasting clinic. All he does is eat fruit, and he encourages people, just eat fruit. Your body's designed, just eat fruit. I don't think I agree with that, and there are some benefits. I don't know what the name is. These fruit people like to live in fruitopia. And all they do is eat fruit and some problems with that high fructose diet. And then proponents of five meals a day stand in stark contrast to athletes who claim to eat just once a day or twice a day. I think it was Herschel Walker, possibly. I was watching where he just ate one big meal a day. And I do know people, they, they don't eat all day. And then in the evening, they're hungry. It works good for them. One fasting expert only eats fruit. And he claims he has not been sick over 25 years. On the other hand, many well-known nutritionists are adamant about ketogenic diets that are often high in animal protein and fat. Yet there are vegetarian versions as well. Who is right and I think, I don't remember his name, Thomas DeFleur or something like that. But when I look at, let's say, some of these fruit guys or plant-based guys, you know, they do a lot of fasting and they just eat mainly the, the fruit or some plants. A lot of times to me, again, just my opinion, they tend to look sickly. They don't look very healthy. They're kind of pale and you can tell a lot of muscle has been uh, used for fuel and they just don't look like you would think a person would look if that type of diet is really that healthy. It makes me wonder if we need to add a little bit more protein into our diet. Now, there's exceptions to that, but I know of people in their 70s. I think, what is his name? The founder of Primal something on that. The salad dressings are pretty good because there's no seed oil. And I'm, I'm trying to be careful not to promote things here. I get hit up by a lot of different companies to promote their products, and I, to date, haven't done that, and I don't want to do that. Mark Sissons. You look at his diet, you know, great diet, lots of, of meat and, and salad. I think he's cut back on that and adds a little bit of carbohydrates. And there's other people who are no longer carnivore. Now they are adding carbohydrates. You know, they find out, I think, later on that that's kind of hard to maintain. Fasting experts are even divided. Health experts are divided. If you can stick with God-given food in moderation and stay active, you'll be well on the way of success. So if you want me to get right to the point... Plant-based is ideal. Meat and dairy, if it's very clean, in moderation. Be moving a lot, active, and don't over-consume food and have seasons of, of fasting. And then also cut out, definitely, of course, sugar, right, processed food, and the seed oils, the safflower. Unless you can get, you know, have, we have to research a little bit more. Are you getting the organic cold-pressed soybean oil where it's not being heated and treated and chemicals used? And so, there, you know, there's exceptions to some of the seed oils depending on, you know, how it's made. But 
who's got time to look at all that? So confusion leads to discouragement, which leads to failure. But are there answers? Yes, there are. Does the Bible have anything to say about healthy diet? Yes, it does. But I'm not going to prescribe a diet. I'm prescribing a way of life. I'm prescribing a lifestyle. We must look at food as stewardship, not being mastered by what we consume. And I want you to check out 1 Corinthians 10, verse 23. Actually, check out the whole chapter, 1 Corinthians 10. That's your homework for this week. So hopefully... As we continue to go on in this, this, the reading of this book, the video casting and the audio version, I'm hoping that even the, the following content is really going to help you out because we're going to talk about a few of these things coming up. Does God care about what we eat? You know, absolutely. And then we're going to talk more about the oils to avoid, new research that is going on, some of the principles to follow, a little bit more about fat and LDL, uh, low-density lipoproteins and high-density. And remember, cholesterol is a good thing. Our body needs cholesterol. So I don't know if that's necessarily the problem. We're actually going to get into what does the Bible say about meat and dairy and different scripture references. We're going to talk about the disease epidemic and what's going on. Then we're going to recap a lot of this and it's going to be very helpful. So continue listening. We're going to go on here to the next section and close this out though with a final word of encouragement. And I want to leave you with this thought. Most of you listening, and I would venture to say 99% of us do not do things perfectly. We fall, we fail, we try, we've got kids at home, maybe our spouse doesn't agree with what we do, we're busy, our lifestyle, the workplace can be very difficult, I feel for some of you. Donuts are brought in, and so we live in a very hard atmosphere to take care of the body and eat correctly, but it can be done. So my closing point is fall forward or fail forward. You get back up and you get back on track and you begin making these changes. And here's the good news. The people I've helped in my own life, they don't do things right 100% of the time. I don't know if anybody on the face of the planet that does, that would be called perfection and we're not going to hit it on this side of heaven. But what they do do is 80% of the time they make the right choice in regard to health and fitness. So they're going along, a couple of days go by, oh man, we had a potluck or this youth event or this, our birthday, and oh man, I really ate too much, had some cake. Okay, well, the next morning they're back on track. What a lot of people do though is they use that as an excuse to continue in their addiction. Oh man, I blew it, what's the point? Let me get up in the morning. Uh, now I have something I shouldn't, I'm not gonna exercise, not gonna work out, gonna watch too much TV, gonna get lazy. You have to remember your flesh Talking to Christians, you know what I'm talking about. The flesh is not your friend. The Bible says, crucify the flesh. Don't listen to the voice of the flesh. Make no provision for the flesh. Walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. So we, it's, fighting that flesh is a constant struggle. So I'm not giving you permission to cave in, but I'm giving you grace for the journey. So that really is the key. You know, people say, man, if I could, you know, do what you're doing, if I, trust me, I do not eat perfectly I do not exercise as much as I'd like and other things come in, into my life as priorities, but it can be done as long as you fall forward. And I would pray, God, give me strength. We can close that out with that. God, give me strength to get through this day and this week and make the right choices. Lord, I want to lose weight. I want to steward this incredible gift of my body, my health that you've given me. Lord, I want to fast. God, would you help me? And you begin removing those things out of your life that are causing 
damage and destruction. It really is that simple. It begins with the first step. It's going to hurt. You know, you're not going to want to get off that sugar, that caffeine, but you know, the more you keep, you know, persevering and falling forward, okay, have a little sugar. Okay. I'm going to do better tomorrow. Eventually you will reach the end of your journey and you will be happy. Not that you were perfect, but happy that you don't live with a lot of regret because you enjoy the pain of discipline over the pain of regret. If you've enjoyed this episode of Idleman Unplugged, be sure to send us your ideas and topics for future episodes of the podcast. You can send us an email at westsidechristianfellowship.org or shaneidleman.com. Thank you for listening to us today and join us again on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Eidelman Unplugged. For more information, visit us at shaneidleman.com. Again, that's shaneidleman.com. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. El Paseo Publications proudly supports the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network. We are committed to quality in Christian publication. Free ebooks can be found at westsidechristianfellowship.org under free ebooks. Books such as What Works for Men and What Works for Young Adults will help readers understand that the obstacles ahead are never greater than God's power to take you through. Books such as What Works When Diets Don't and Feasting and Fasting demonstrate how health can be achieved from a biblical perspective. Other free books such as Answers for a Confused Church and Desperate for More of God show the importance of fully surrendering our lives to Christ. And One Nation Above God is a must-read for anyone concerned about the direction of America. Again, free downloads of these eBooks are available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We are happy about partnering with the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network.